Hey everyone, Benji and Igor here from the Contractor Evolution Studio. Partnerships, they're one of the most complex, challenging relationships that business has to throw at us. Some estimates suggest that 50% of them fail within the first two to three years. However, winning the complex and ever-changing game that is business requires such a multitude of skills, of disciplines, such a diverse combination of expertise that thinking that one person can do it all is pretty frankly naive. Furthermore, starting a business is scary. Having someone else to do it with eases our nerves and it validates our decision to do it in the first place. You you think, hey, it can't be that crazy of an idea if he or if she wants to do it with me. So how do we make sense of this, right? Because going on your own seems lonely and totally unrealistic. But at the same time, by partnering with someone, you've kind of got the odds stacked against you. Now, in today's episode, we go deep with two business partners that are truly thriving and discuss how their partnership has evolved, the unexpected lessons they've learned about working with each other, and the advice they have for other co-owners struggling through the complexities of business partnership. So Barry Hartman and Scott Foran co-founded 505 Junk a decade ago. They're innovators within their junk hauling industry, and they've devised this proprietary pay-by-weight system that utilizes these specialized scales that they've retrofitted in every truck, which allows customers to only pay for the exact weight that's on site. Pretty cool. They've grown tremendously over the last few years, opening multiple locations and hauling over 9 million pounds of junk per year. Now, one thing that they both point to is a key to success is the way that they've managed their own relationship between the two of them. It's been far from easy and taken a ton of intentional work, but 10 years later, they still trust and respect each other. They allow each other to play within their unique abilities, and they still have this rich and fun relationship outside of work. This is pretty rare, and there's a lot that we can learn from them. So, If you have a business partner, you had a business partner, or are thinking that you might ever go into business with someone, this episode is a must listen. So let's dive into it with Barry Hartman and Scott Foran. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Barry, Scott, great to see you guys. Thanks so so much for having us. Boys, I'm so excited to have you. This is going to be awesome. Amazing. So I'm excited to dive in guys and talk a bit about this fascinating and complex topic of navigating business partnerships. So you guys are so interesting. You're you're really young, very high performing guys who have been through quite a journey together as, as partners and have, been, have have had quite an evolution over time in the last, you know, just under 10 years of, of running 505 Junk. It's of course grown to quite a sophisticated uh, business running multiple different locations, uh, hauling, I think it's almost 9 million pounds of, of junk a year. And and with that a whole evolution of the company, I know your guys' relationship as friends and business partners uh, has gone through a lot uh, and, and has evolved a ton. So I'd love to start just by hearing a bit about like how you got here as, as partners and, and how this whole dynamic of your guys has evolved. Yeah, it's actually an interesting story. So Scott and I grew up in the same small town, uh, Tawasson, British Columbia in Canada. And 
we barely knew each other and we ended up, I guess, meeting up again in college. Uh, we were studying marketing management. I had a broken ankle and Scott was just hauling me into class every day, picking me up and giving me a ride. And sure enough, the teacher, you know, makes us do a, uh, I guess a, a pro like a joint project together. And we just kind of, you know, love at first sight, locked eyes and boom, we were, uh, we were in. So, you know, we do the project together and I'm working on this side business plan for a junk removal company that's going to, you know, innovate the industry by charging by weight. And so we're, we're, I'm 15, 20, 30 pages deep. Scotty's coming over. He's helping me on the numbers. He's got some experience in business. I have no experience in business. And one day we just kind of, you know, we looked at each other. We're like, forget it. Let's be partners. We're doing this together. Wow. Very, very, very interesting. Um, so from there, how did, how did the business evolve in its first couple of years and, and the, the dynamic between the two of you? Wow. Um, we, we started off actually by struggling to find a vehicle after, after Barry and I decided we actually wanted to become business partners. We, we, we had that interesting thought of like, okay, now what do we do? We signed off on all the paperwork. We had the business going. We're like, we have no equipment. We have no kind of like experience. We have nothing to do. So the journey kind of started off with literally getting our first pickup truck and going out and doing the jobs together. Um, and, and that involved working random hours, short days, long days, and just really grinding it out um, until we built up enough momentum to kind of casually start upgrading our equipment and getting more hours and eventually hiring more people. Uh, it got, it got to a point where we actually had to hire people. We had to hire people. And that was, that was a really good learning experience for all, for, for both of us really is just kind of bring that growing the company together. Uh, but that also did create some conflict as well, which is the reason why we actually ended up having to hire someone. Tell us a bit more about that. I'm very curious to hear about the, uh, the early squabbles. We, we call it locking horns and it's juicy. So early on, it, it was, it was pretty straightforward. We, you know, we had no capital coming into the business. We had a pickup truck that we barely got approved for financing on. Uh, we picked up a trailer on the side of the road in Chilliwack and all of a sudden, you know, we have a junk removal company. So it was just Scott and I in the beginning. And my favorite story when we had our biggest blowout to, to this day is we brought the table out of the apartment. We put the table in the truck and Scott's like, perfect. We can now put more junk under the table, maximizing the space in the truck. And I'm like, no, we're going to flip the table on its top end, break the legs off. And now it's flat in the truck. Now we have more space in the truck. And we just, we just lost it on each other. And for whatever reason, Scott saw it that way. I saw it this way. I can't remember which one we decided on, but when we got in that truck afterwards, it was not good. And that's when we realized that this partnership, we're, we're in this for the long run. We got to work on it. Totally. I love that. And the, it, therein lies the fascinating point, right? How two guys go from quarreling over how you load the table right side up or upside down to this point where they're running, uh, you know, a truly significantly sized junk hauling operation. And 
that whole journey in there uh, starts with that realization, that very realization that it takes a lot of work, mm. right? And what one of the things that I find so fascinating in our general kind of business world is that our society places you know so much value and so much uh, so much focus around finding, let's say, like the right partner mm-hmm. in marriage. So that's taken very seriously, but finding the right business partner and working on that business partnership really isn't right. Right. And often it's as simple as like, Hey, you want to start a roofing company? I want to start a roofing company. Let's get into it. Yeah. Right. But there, there's clearly so much more at play and I think it's often very much underestimated. So let's come back to this. So for you guys, Scott and Barry, like this realization that it's going to take a lot of work. So it started there. Where did, where did it take you? There's a Scott, lot I'll of, let you, yeah, I'll let you go with that one. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of different learning, uh, that had to happen there. Um, as Barry said, um, he came with no experience and I came in with, you know, at least some business background. So I had like some level of experience in terms of, um, handling interpersonal conflict in a workplace. So I spend a lot of time trying to focus on what can I learn? How can I develop better? Like what's creating this conflict? And I had to say, I spent a lot of time thinking through because at the end of the day, like a lot of this was just communication breakdowns, mm-hmm. right? So it was, it was all, it, it started off as something small. It could be something just as, just as tiny as like stacking the table the wrong way. Like in, in hindsight, you look at that and go, what, how, how silly is that? Just because I see it one way, he sees it the other. At the end of the day, the job gets done the same way. It's about how you deliver that message. So I spent a lot of time focusing on how to get better at communicating and focusing on personal development and investing in that. Um, And I started that journey by reading books. Mm. I started by Mm. reading books um, and learning how to, to better, to better listen. And by leveling myself up and leveling, uh, it allowed me to share experiences with Barry as well and then encouraged him to do the same thing. And now, I mean, I don't even know how many books Barry's listened to this year or read this year, but it's significantly more than I have. So it's just that kind of focus on personal development, um, which start off with just a small little thing is like, I want to communicate with my business partner better so that I don't fight with them anymore. Scotty, what, what books, like were there one or two that like really were kind of paradigm shifting for you at that moment that you remember reading? The, the, the one that really pivoted, um, my relationship, uh, initially, or at least started this journey. I was a book called judgment detox. Mm. Um, and what it, what it was teaching me was, effectively, I was not really listening to Barry. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, it pains me to say that, but I was literally, I would sense his body language and the words that he's saying, and I would make it mean something completely different in my head. And when I come into a conversation and my wall and my defenses are already up and I'm not willing to receive any form of communication, it, uh, it like it just breaks down like how 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 what, what does he see right mm. it, it, it makes it um makes it very difficult to move forward let's just put it that way so by reducing my barrier by communicating with him better by saying hey i need some space and by being able to ask for that it allowed us to get a lot more done and allowed us to kind of strengthen a relationship a lot more and that really was kind of what set that ball rolling I just want to highlight w- one really neat thing that we've sort of had messaged here, but under the surface, which is 
this realize like Scott had actively realized that they're going to run into a major problem unless he works on this communication to the point where this super busy entrepreneur uh, going to the like, bookstore, going to the bookstore, yeah, right. And I think just that fact, even most business owners in a partnership, especially in an environment as busy as this contracting space, totally, it's not even going to dawn on them, right? Um, so that that's pretty cool, uh, Barry. What's your What's your perspective on that question in the in the early days? Like when did, you know, what did you do after that realization that holy crap, this this relationship is and business partnerships gonna take some work if this is not gonna fail? Yeah, it's interesting. I think when you're I call it maybe emotionally immature in business, and that was us for the first couple of years. And I was emotionally immature. I was my my by trade I was a professional snowboarder and I had, you know, no cares in the world. Breaking your leg doesn't help that. So fast forward a few years into business. Um, one of the things I realized is that not everyone has to be like you. And, you know, two of my strengths are, are uh, we use reading and writing all the time. Not Scott's strengths. Scott has a million other strengths. But for my young, naive, and incorrect opinion that is a must have for entrepreneurs and it's not true. And I realized that when I started following Gary V a little bit online, uh, back when, you know, the so- social media booms coming in and this guy's running across the world. He's got video cameras on him all day. You know, he's getting paid $70,000 to go speak at these events. I don't know how many books out he has probably six or seven, all of those like busy, 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 go, go, go. Um, characteristic strengths of, of Gary Vee, I'm guessing are not in line with sitting down and spending a thousand or 10,000 hours writing a book. Mm-hmm. Surely some, surely he's got a team that is just following him around and listening and he's just rifling off his own knowledge, but someone else is writing it. And that's when I realized that it's super important to, understand that in order for not only our relationship to thrive, but our business to thrive, it's important to appreciate balance and that we can complement each other and bring, bring the strengths out of each other rather than expecting each other to be like one another. That's so good. You guys like, so you've just talked about this, this concept of balance natural strengths that are diff that that differ and i want to dive into that but before we kind of go into that uh that tangent because it's a big one were there other resources that you guys leaned on in those early years you mentioned books were there mentors was there a coach was there was there someone or something else that you guys used to help just like do that self-reflection uh do the maturing that was needed as you said um any other pieces of advice or, or things that you guys utilized to make it through that chunk? Myself, I, um, I also, uh, I, I used an app. It was called uh, Better Help. Uh, and I had a counselor that I would talk to. Um, as you know, most entrepreneurs probably know is business can be stressful and it can do like, it can have a fairly hard, it can be fairly strenuous on, on, on yourself mentally. Um, so I spent a lot of time, um, kind of focusing on that. And I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of myself, not just physically by going for exercise, but I wanted to make sure I was taking care of myself mentally because in business, uh, 
if you're not mentally prepared or if you're not mentally doing that well, your business isn't going to, isn't, isn't in turn going to do that well or your relationship as you know when you're stressed out and if with your partner either be your wife or your business partner or even with your friends you're not the best friend you're not the best husband or boyfriend or girlfriend at the time because you're stressed out so i went to counseling on my way into work every friday 45 minute conversation with a counselor just to kind of make sure I was talking those ideas out, make sure she was helping me. And that's actually what led to the whole, um, uh, getting the book judgment detox in the first place. It was going to counseling, realizing that I was the one that had that problem. It wasn't Barry. I was the one that had to to spend some time focusing on myself. So, um, that was what I did. That's, that's, that's awesome. And, and thanks for sharing again, another example of like doing the work required to make you the best you can be for the sake of your business. And I think that that is a a mindset that you guys have adopted early and it's served you over the years. So I I seriously applaud both you guys for that heavy lifting that was done early on in the relationship. And I want to sort of um, shift into this this next part of the conversation, which you've both alluded to uh, over the last few minutes, which is this concept of having natural strengths that differ, right? You guys are not good at the same things. You, you, you complement each other, you round each other out. And I'd be very curious to hear, like, how did you guys initially discover this? Like, was there a moment in time when you started to, to notice that, hey, Scott's really good with people and really good at sales versus, hey, Barry, I'm actually better at these other things. Like, like tell, us, tell us more about the discovery process. I think we had to go through what we weren't good at to discover what we could potentially be good at. And by nature, uh, you know, Scott's got natural skill sets around, you know, being a hands-on person. He, you know, since, I don't know how old you were, Scott, since you're 10 years old, um, you were, you know, cleaning up, you know, building your, doing your renovations, building your house. Like, you know, you just have that tangible experience. So we threw you in the operations management role, we'll call it. And it's, I don't know how long you were in there for, but it just was not a natural fit. Mm. And we always threw me in more of the sales and marketing role, a little bit of background in snowboarding and some branding there. Um, I'm a fairly social person. So, or at least I thought I was. And so, you know, throw Barry in sales and and figure that out. And it, it, we really like, it, it was almost like a, like you didn't get that sense of fulfillment. I don't know, Scott, I'm sure you'll have your thoughts on this, but it just didn't feel right. And so when I'm embarrassed to admit it took us seven years (laughs) and it's, it's not something we're proud of, but it doesn't matter if it's one year, 10 years, 20 years, seven years, like you just got to figure out where to be placed in the role, the, the right seats on the right bus. And once we put Scott in sales, he just took off. Not only did his personal revenue start going up, we started thinking bigger about, okay, let's get Scott in that director of sales position. We're starting to next year, we're going to put more people. We're going to build a sales army and he's going to coach and mentor and train everyone that comes within him. Um, whereas I'm actually, I'm, I'm not as much of an extrovert as I thought I was and doing all this sales stuff was just draining my energy and it wasn't actually getting that excited. So um, I could get by because I know the industry really well and 
Um, we've got some really good connections and partnerships. So I had a lot of leverage to close deals that kind of came fairly naturally for me. So the results would say, sure, Barry's good at sales, but it, it was just exhausting for me. Um, and so what, what I really love is, is supporting our management team, casting the vision and breaking that down with strategic planning and empowering the team to kind of get together and roll that out for the year. That's my strength. I could do that all day. I don't care if I'm doing it on top of a mountain, locked in a basement or at the office with my team every day. Like I just love it. And seven years later, I guess we've, we've done the switch and we had our largest revenue growth year in uh, 2019 and 20, 2020. And then our, our net profit margins increased significantly just by putting the right people in the right seats on the bus this year. So it was, a, it was a big learning lesson for sure. It's incredible guys. It's, 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 it's safe to say you got it wrong. First try around. <laughs> oh, we, we so, screwed yeah. up royally. <laughs> oh yeah. That and, was a big one. So, um, when, when was that point in time that the epiphany was had and you said, Hey, I'm doing this when I should be doing that. Let's switch this around. Was that recent or was that a long time ago? Oh, Scotty. Yeah, this one's, this one's, uh, this is a tough one. This is close, close to the heart here. Um, so like Barry said, we were in the wrong seats, right? So, and as he said, energy draining to, for him to be doing sales. Well, it was energy draining for me to try to coach people that, that I, I wasn't, I wasn't the best at coaching people on how right. to operate. Right. Because for me, things would be common sense, but they're not necessarily common. So I was just kind of, I was getting frustrated and I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't good at that particular, uh, or skilled at that particular role. So not only was I being drained of energy, but I'm underperforming and it's impacting all the people that I'm working with. So I am not in the best mental headspace, right? So totally. I'm like, what, what, and I'm spending all this time trying to figure out what am I doing wrong? What's going And I'm just, you know, um, we actually had a, uh, where the turning point came as a result was, uh, we had a, uh, an event, uh, with breakthrough Academy where we went away midway through the year. We went to, uh, to a nice little retreat. Um, and they have an exercise where we're doing, um, what are called PSI tests. So personality style indicator tests, so Barry and I do our PSI tests and we re review each other's tests. And what these tests tell you is kind of like definitively what your personality style is and kind of generally where you fit in, in, in an organization. And I said for myself, it said, I don't like detail. I like to, you know, uh, have great conversations, good storytelling. I like to network with people. I like to socialize. Does that sound familiar? And I'm not, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, that guy. I'm, exactly. And I'm not yeah. very good at like giving str strong, like strong direction per se. It's more of like, oh, like I just like want to build relationships. I want to, I want to, I want to get along with people. And I'm here, I'm coaching. I'm not right. even allowed to talk. I'm allowed to talk to these five people, not like 50 people, five people. So I'm, I'm just I'm like, oh man, I am such in the wrong seat. And then everyone was reviewing, like we have a, uh, we had a board meeting. So this is a, a group of entrepreneurs that, that were sitting with us and they were, were auditing our PSI tests and they looked at us and they're like, you guys are in the wrong spot. And we're like, yeah, okay. We, 
we know, we know this now, we know we need to switch. And it, and it did take another year yet before we could actually make that switch happen. But man, was that the big, that was the big, that was the big change. Do you remember reading that report and, and sort of feeling like, holy smokes, this has totally summarized me. Like there was a, there was a feeling of you were understood by this, this PSI test. And then also going like, okay, I'm clearly in the wrong spot right now. Yeah, it was very, it was very black and white where I was just like, this makes so much more sense. Like this feels right. And other people could see that about the two of you as well. Like you had peers and mentors and, and other BTA members that were sort of saying, Hey, this, this, yeah, this doesn't make sense. You guys should just, um, was it, was that helpful to sort of have that, that reflection from other people to kind of confirm what you were seeing in this test? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I, I, like that was that was the catalyst that got the ball rolling, right? Was was other people going? Well, this based on these results, it should be the other way around. You guys should you should be switching spots, right? So that's so kind of what I remember. If I remember correctly, too, Scott. So we're out in, in Saskatoon, and there's maybe you know a hundred some odd people doing this exercise out in the forest, and they the the people with the very similar specific personality types and groups of small groups, five or 10 were segmented into different pods. All the salespeople were in this pod. There wasn't any operations people. And so it's, I think that was when we kind of realized, and I, a lot of friendships were formed out of that as well, because, you know, and two friends, you know, same personality type, like both entrepreneurs, you really, Anyways, it was really interesting to see um, people segmented into their own personality types. And there's a lot of aha moments at that point. A lot of aha moments. Yeah, exactly. And just and just to clarify, this this catalyst that they keep referring to, this PSI assessment, um, for any listeners that are interested, it was, it was developed. It's really amazing. And it was developed by this very, very smart guy called Dr. Ken Keyes from CRG. So if you are interested in checking it out, uh, just Google Dr. Ken Keyes, K-E-I-S, from CRG. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a very, very powerful tool. And, and I, this is, you know, I've now formed companies in a number of different business partnerships and figuring out that formula, like who is who, who is which individual is, is very important, mm-hmm. right? Like in, in traction, they talk a lot about it as this concept of, of, of the, the implementer, right? Is, is such a different person than that visionary. Right. Right. So, it, it definitely is a totally different set of, of strengths and a different way of operating. And you really got to get the right person in the right seat. And and it took you guys years. Uh, you used tools, you had help, you finally got there. But that, that level of work, I think most, I don't think gets done a lot of the time. And if you look at it statistically, that would probably be why a lot of these things fit. I think, I think I read a number. It's like more than ha- 50% fail in the first two to three years. Yeah, and it's not. And it's not the business. It's not the business so much. No. It's it's the relationship deteriorates because of the stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. So there, there's that such a great stat example. is very eerily similar to marriages. Totally, hundred percent. Yeah. Because we see a lot of these same principles, right? And and just in this, you know, last couple of minutes of this conversation, we can see how much work these guys have put into their relationships. So it's no wonder why it does work, but you could very easily see why for so many it, it doesn't work. And I say this a lot. People, you know, I get asked this question sometimes, and this is perhaps my most pessimistic thing that I see about business, which is it, 
you know, it's business is such a complex game, right? It requires so many disciplines. It's so tough. So tough. And to say that the solo founder, the solo owner can do it all, it does happen. But it's rare. Yeah. It's very, very rare, especially as a business is growing, right? If we think of like doctors in medicine, right? Like the orthopedic surgeon isn't the, ca- the cardiac surgeon. No. So just like the guy, the sales leader is different than the operations leader. Now, if you're running, you know, one to $2 million business, it's okay. But but if you want to seriously scale, uh, you have to be good at so many different disciplines and it's relatively rare that one individual will be that whole package. But on the flip side you see a lot of partnerships failing. Yeah. Right. And and is this is this complexity in the in the communication and, and being able to work through it, that's the key. It's a bit of a paradox though, isn't it? It's a huge paradox. Right. So you 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 join forces and you are statistically, you know, in the minority if if you succeed. But if you don't, you're totally naive to think that you're gonna be able to do all of that stuff your own. So Totally. But if you realize that you that the odds are against you. And if you realize that you're that you're running right. into a headwind, then perhaps you do take the time to to work on the relationship and work on the communication and go to the library and get those books and find the right counselor to work through some of these things with. I mean, it sounds crazy in the context of contracting and junk hauling. I don't think so. But clearly it's very you know, it's very, very important. So awesome points. That leads me to my next question, which is like, what did you do with this information? You had this realization on a trip, right? You, you see things in a different light. When you got home, how did you guys go through the process of restructuring your roles around these natural strengths? Take us through the exercises, the tools, the conversations that were had, because I think there's a, this is a super relatable conversation. I can guarantee you there's someone listening right now who is like, man, I'm locking home horns with my partner all the time. And I think there's something good here. I just want to know what to do about it. So when you got home from this trip, kind of take us from there. Yeah. So it was, it's interesting because at that point we already had a full team and, you know, I think this was maybe back in 2017, 2018. I don't know how many employees, maybe 15, 20 employees at the time. Um, And so it wasn't just about Scott and I, we had some people that were potentially in the wrong seats on the right bus, right. but the wrong seats. And so we, we just went balls to the wall. Like we did personal personality style indicator tests on everyone in the company. doesn't matter if you're in sales operations, if you're a co-founder, like whatever you're taking this test. And it was the same reaction with everyone. Holy smokes, this thing, this thing gets me. And it's interesting because it's, you know, you get this elaborate 12 page PDF and it's automatically created easy to do online but holy smokes, are they accurate? And so that was our foundation for restructuring our organizational chart that we used at the end of the year to develop the 2019 year and still do the same thing today. When we get new hires coming in, um, you know, we're looking to, to be doing the PSI test so that we make sure people are coming in. You get a pretty good idea based on personality types. So usually you're, your gut instincts match up with the results. Um, but you do learn a lot. And I think people learn more about themselves in a business sense, especially if they're, you know, entering into the business world fresh out of college or just after a first job. Um, but that really helped us structure things. So for Scott and I, uh, personally, that's when we, we made that switch. We're like, 
you know what, Scott's in sales. Uh, one of Scott's biggest strengths is his desire to help people. So you can imagine if you're at a retail store and you have someone coming up to you that genuinely wants to help you. That's a, that's a different experience from someone that just wants to close a deal so they can hit their targets and move on with their day. We've, we've experienced both sides. So we wanted to put Scott in that role. Now the counter to this is, is the weakness that we had to be conscious of genuinely helping people. Yes. Clients, but also employees in finance, in operations, in the sales center, in marketing, Scott became the everything man and everybody went to Scott for tips and advice and help and support to a point where he was on the verge of burning himself up. So we drew a clear line in the sand. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised this wasn't in your job description actually is nobody can talk to you. No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> is this the but point where Scott drew- stopped repairing the truck batteries? Right. <laughs> we, we got a mechanic. Stop, Scott. Stop repairing. Once we got to six or seven trucks, I think Scott was like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> but, um, you know, and uh, we drew the line in the sand. I remember doing a company email to everyone. You know, we all love Scott, but you're going to have to leave him alone from, from here on out. And, uh, and that was it. And so that was maybe a year ago. And Scott, maybe you can speak to the difference, like emotionally and professionally, of having that like clarity in your role. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely can. So that, that, that line in the sand is very important. And I think, um, I think something that's really kind of important for people that are listening to understand too, is this is not like a, a light switch. It's not like, like, Oh, I'm in sales now and it just starts working. There's a transition period. That transition period took us two revisions of our, our org chart and a whole bunch of different, different trial and error things. Like it's not something that's just going to happen overnight, Mm -hmm. but as Barry said, we switched the role. I became a catch all for a bunch of people and we went, wait a second, or rather (laughs) I didn't go wait a second. Barry went, Hey dude, you're looking a little fried here. Maybe we should kind of make you a little bit more focused. So Barry was smart enough to go, okay, we need to do a rewrite. So we did another revision drew a little bit more clear line in the sand. And the only person that was kind of hurting themselves at that point or stepping in in areas that they shouldn't have was myself. The staff weren't doing it. And I was just like, oh, I, I'm so used to just doing that that thing over there. Maybe I'll just go and, I'll go and do that. So it took a while for me to stop um, stepping over that line. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's important to know that there's um, trial and error, time, accountability, because Barry had to come to me and say, stop, don't do that anymore. And then eventually the employers are like, Scott, you don't need to do that anymore. You know that, right? You don't, you don't have to take that on. I was like, oh, okay. And eventually after repetition, it'll stick into your head that you don't have to do that. And here's your, here's your seat in the bus and you can actually sit in it and you like it. And it's way more enjoyable. <laughs> my, my energy levels are higher. Like, just from from being able to focus on just what I enjoy more. It's fun again. It's fun. Yeah. Just to, just to illustrate this point, because Scott said something super important that I think we really mm-hmm. want to hammer home here, which is he talks about like drawing the line in the sand and, and how difficult that is. But so we hear this a lot from so many entrepreneurs, right? Especially as a company grows, it's difficult for everybody to understand where those lines in the sand are, right? So totally. it sounds a lot simpler than it is, especially if you have a fairly robust 
team and robust structure, right? And it involves a lot of intentionality uh, where you are outlining the deliverables and the accountabilities of everyone within the org structure and then also making it clear who reports to who. But here's the key now is to explain that to everybody in the organization, right? So that Susie knows what Joe's job is and Joe knows what Sally's job is and so on and so forth, right? And then, and because those lines in the sand are useless if you know what they are. But no one else does. But no one else does. There's another layer of complexity here, which is that to make matters harder, that's not a static picture that you make once and it's done forever. 100%. You're updating it maybe every year. People come, people go, the business goals change, the market shifts. So sometimes people, I, I think they have an idea that they'll draw some bubbles on a whiteboard and throw some names in it and, and the work is done. And it's, it's, it's way more of an evolving thing than that. So I'm not surprised to hear that it took a few iterations, Scott, and, and there will probably be more in the future, but what I'm hearing, um, just as some like really, really powerful key takeaways f- for listeners is go do a personality test, like, like get some, get some data on where you guys sit on the spectrum of, of business strengths and weaknesses. Use that to inform what you should be doing. And right. what you shouldn't be doing. And what you, even more important, what you shouldn't be doing. I think it's actually easier to just cross stuff off the list and then start to reorganize your roles accordingly. So for you guys, it sounds like you went from completely, you know, you almost switched sides of the room, uh, within the company. Um, and that, that's like a, a really fascinating story. I think a lot of people, uh, I hope, will resonate with a lot of people. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about what your relationship... Actually, no, before we get into that, Barry, you know what I want to hear about? Because we've talked a lot about Scott and sort of like your role and your your skills. Just for the listeners, like what is it that you do? Like where do you sit on the org chart now and what is your um, real power zone? Yeah, good, good question, Ben. Yeah, I don't even know if I can answer that specifically because I'm turning into the catch-all. But no, what you know what? In a nutshell, what my role is is to lead the leadership team. So we've got Scotty's in a director of sales role now. We've got Alex, who's been with us for nine years now. He'll be moving into a director of operations role. Mm. He's got an operations manager. We've got our office operations manager who runs our sales center team of people. Um, so there's a, and, and then of course, uh, Neil and marketing as well. Um, so we've got a group of people and we've got leaders at the helm of each division. And so my responsibility is at the start of every year, build the strategic plan, go on a retreat, build a budget, build the strategic plan, get insight from everybody, get, get buy-in for the big year that's coming up. And getting clear on that organizational structure. So going to the chart, revisiting job descriptions, revisiting deliverables and expectations from each individual employee, rolling those out at the start of the year. We usually do that in January, February, rolling out those updated position descriptions, Mm -hmm. updated roles, and every week meeting with the, uh, what we call a goal setting review meeting is something that, we, we took up in breakthrough Academy every week. I have a goal setting review meeting with each of the leaders in the company and we check in. How are you doing personally? I'm going to pause there. How are you doing personally? I know this is business, but we're not robots. Right. 
Um, what uh, what's going well? What sucks? I spend most of my time in what sucks. Broken system. Um, you know, frustrated client. Uh, you know, my computer doesn't work. Doesn't doesn't matter what it is. We got to fix what sucks. So I like to spend a lot of time there. Um, quick review on the quarterly goals, which of course lead to the annual and the one, two, three goals for the week. So How did you do last week? You hit it or you miss it and why? And then we set the goals for the next week. So that's, that's like a good 90% of what I do. It's, it's so good, Barry. Um, and there's, there's a set of practices and habits that you guys follow very closely now. I'm like, I'm, we're going to move on to a few other questions, but I, I, it would be very interesting to know, like, how has the business accelerated since that date when you guys went, whoa, we're in the wrong spots here? Have you guys, have you seen grow? I mean, I know it's easier and more fun. Has the business grown as a result too? Yeah, we've been, you know, we've been looking at maybe 20, one year we grew by over a hundred percent and and that sounds great on paper, but it's not as exciting as it sounds. Um, we've been, you know what, we've been growing very steadily, mm-hmm. 20, 25, 30% a year. I know that's called high growth, uh, but you know, we, we've got a fairly ambitious team and, and, uh, you know what, it's the business is more predictable, not just on the top line, but on our gross profit margin as well as on our bottom line as well. And so when we focused on that consistency and stability and getting the right people in the right seats, we started seeing individual divisions performing better. Our marketing got better. Our sales got better. Our operations team got better. Our sales center started our, we had two new sales center employees, uh, you know, join our team. We've got two great people that were laid off during COVID and they join our team and they're booking at over 80% on inbound sales. Like our average as a company is 73%. Like you, there's just great people. And so the whole company is like almost the, the foundations being lifted. It's not just Scott and I like putting in more sweat equity into the business anymore. The whole the whole thing is just kind of slowly growing, you know, month by month. Yeah, very, very cool. That's a super neat story. Now, one thing I do want to also highlight is that these things that we're talking about, like aligning your roles, uh, working in your power zone, those are so important and so fundamental to a good business partnership, but it's not one silver bullet either. It still requires continued work and to, to continue uh, nurturing. I think that's the best word for it. To continue nurturing your relationship. Uh, you know, on a on a funny point, like I remember Benji being with you in Colombia in Cartagena, where Benji rode his motorcycle uh, to Colombia from Canada. And if you look on a map, it's a bit of a long way. But um, I remember you and I were in Cartagena, and I remember within one day getting a phone call from each of you, Barry and Scott individually, within like, let's say eight to 10 hours apart, complaining heavily about each other, right? <laughs> so clearly, <No. laughs> so clearly these problems and challenges do continue. So my question to you guys is, what do you continue to do on a very regular basis to continue to nurture your relationship, to continue to work on your relationship, whether it's in work or outside of work or whatever, tell me a bit about like what your rhythms are to keep up this great friendship and working dynamic. Oh, that's, that's, that's where the, that's the fun stuff. Like that's what I, I really enjoy. Um, I remember sitting down with Barry. Uh, I don't remember exactly what we were arguing over, but there was a point where we were just, we just, we just weren't, 
like aligned with each other for some reason. I'm not really sure again what we were what we were arguing about. And then I remember thinking to myself, it's like, when's the last time I actually sat down and spent some time with him and like really listened to him? Like just asked him how he's doing, right? Like we're 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 not really getting audited or checked on on our own emotions and like hanging out with each other wasn't really high on our priority list because mm-hmm. we see each other every day at work. Mm-hmm. But where's that separation of like how are you actually doing? What's going on in your personal life? Like hanging out over a beer or just, just have a conversation. Um, there's a really intentional um, shift on our parts to make time and space for that. So now usually once or twice a month, we have um, a hangout. We'll literally go. We said like a couple of things we wanted to make sure points we want to hit on. We want to make sure we talk about like how we're both doing, what's going on in our personal world, what goals that we have. And we made, we set time aside that has to happen so that we can really like really just kind of chill, relax, hang out. Um, and uh, that's been, that's been a game changer in terms of us kind of like connecting. Amazing. Amazing. So you guys have like a set ongoing ritualistic rhythm to make sure that you're just spending time in your relationship, if you will, not just running around operating, operating the business. Yeah, hundred percent. And then even more recently too, is like finding opportunities to like get each other involved, like outside of work activities and things that we know that each other would be interested in. Like Barry knows that I'm uh, interested in like hands-on like technical stuff or just fooling around with things. So I get a, like, I get a call from Barry. Hey, I'm trying to set up this like Bluetooth sound system for my house and I can't, I don't really know how to do this. And I'm just like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. The perfect job. For you. <laughs> like this, this uh, is me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I do that with my brother. I'm the, I totally get that. He's super hands-on as well. And anytime something needs to be fixed, we call Jir and it's a blast for him. Yeah, right. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Good. Um, guys, I want to ask this also. So when you when you do even nowadays run into pretty real conflict or let's call it even uh, just opposing opinions on a certain decision, do we go route A or B? Uh, you know, what's like, how should we navigate this complex problem when, when you guys aren't seeing things on the same on the same page, which is normal and obviously happens in a partnership. How do you individually, and this is a question for both of you, maybe we'll start with Barry and then let's go to Scott. How do you decide when to stand firm when you're like, no, I, this is really important to me. This is the way I know we should go versus when, how do you know that it is time to let go and just, and to not cause increased tension because that that dynamic i think i find a very interesting one in partnerships like you that's arguably one of the most important things is to know when to stand firm and when to just let it go i think you're talking about when people take the wrong exit on the highway to the vision (laughs) seriously we set our vision like we we rarely get get uh we rarely have conflict on the big picture stuff and so we've, we've dealt with the little stuff, you know, you learn to let it go. But what I found has kept us aligned over the last nine or 10 years is like getting really clear on the vision three years out. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. 10 years, where are we going to be in three years? And every year we review it. We do the same thing for a personalized, where are we going to be in three years? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you hash out on the values. That's the other thing. Or you, I prefer to call them guiding principles. And you just, you revisit those. You just constantly revisit them. And, you know, if, if I come up with a strategy or an idea or something that's veered us off the highway into God knows where, Scott's going to be like, dude, you're off the highway. Like, let's, let's get, let, let's keep going towards the vision. Like we don't need to start selling crackers and cheese out of the junk truck to make an extra $4 a job. Like you're crazy, terrible example, but you know what I mean? Um, so that's one is when we veer too off, we veer too far off the vision. The other one is, is when we're we, we know when we've breached our guiding principles and you know, if we take, you know, for example, uh, you know, respect, if, if Scott's disrespecting me or I'm disrespecting Scott, we're going to call each other out on it. And I think it's really important to just own it, apologize and move on. It takes about five seconds. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I was acting out of character. Can we move past this? Done. So I think, uh, you know, on the little things, you know, you walk horns, there's no real solution because A and B both work. On the big picture, though, I think it's important to sit down and have a proper conversation. Mm -hmm. So, well, go ahead. Scott, how, how about you? How do you decide when to, when to let it be and when to stand firm? I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit stu more stubborn uh, when it comes to this type of type of stuff. Um, so it takes a lot of convincing. Uh, when when I decide when I want to stand firm on an idea or a direction, it's almost always in. Oh, and in fact, it's only in our big vision planning because the vision planning is when you're deciding what off ramps you want to take and what offshoots you're going for and where your end destination is going to be. So if it has to do with the end destination and it has to do with where the company is going as a whole, that's when I decide it's important. That's when I put... Uh, emphasis on my opinion and try and make sure that there's an understanding for where I'm coming from because that's the end destination we're going to. So good. This has been um, a very, very interesting conversation to just even be a part of. Um, we're going to wrap soon, but I wanted to just end off with kind of a, an open-ended question for the two of you, which would be, for someone that's listening right now that is considering going into business with someone, they've, they've started a business and they, they're at that stage where they maybe they need a partner to scale up. Um, what advice would you guys have? Simple stuff. Just what, what advice or insight would you share with, with someone in that situation right now? I think to just get your basics checked off. You know, the first thing people always forget to do is a, is a, a shareholder agreement. So, you know, step one, establish your business plan, put some, put some real thought into writing out your business plan. There's thousands of templates online. Um, go to smallbusinessbc.com and you can, you can, you know, get access to a business planning template and, you know, get, get clear on, on, on your, on your actual model. Mm. Uh, I would also say get clear on the vision, right? Spend the, you know, spend a day getting clear on the two to two, three, four, five years kind of thing. Um, making sure that your your roadmap is clear, um, and and don't skip the essentials. Set up your corporation, right? You're going to issue some shares within that corporation. Usually, it's a fifty fifty split. 
you want to do it differently, understand the pros and cons of doing it differently. 60, 40, 51, 49, that kind of stuff. Um, but assuming it's 50, 50 and there's just two of you do your shareholder agreement. You know, you're going to have all this, all these early conversations that are super awkward early on. You're not special. There's been millions of other people that have gone through this. Just, just do the stuff, you know, I don't know. Don't, don't, don't skip the dishes, do the dishes and, and just do all the stuff that you don't want to do. It's not fun. It costs a couple thousand dollars. Right. You got to work with the lawyers, but it's so important. Scott. Yeah. Uh, I think what every, obviously everything that Barry said, like make sure your, your legal ducks are in line there. Um, and, and he did mention vision, like obviously make sure that the vision and direction for, for where you you want the business to go is very, very clear. If one person wants to do this as a side gig on the weekends, another person is like, this is my full-time career. There's a clear misalignment with expectations. Mm-hmm. Make sure you are aligned on where you want to go mm-hmm. and what steps you're taking to get there. Mm-hmm. Cause that will alleviate a lot of conflict. Um, I'd say another big thing too is realize you're both humans <laughs> realize you both can have good days and bad days. Be empathetic to people. Empathy is empathy is huge. Understand that sometimes people have bad days and make space for that. Make space to uh, strengthen your relationship and if you can't make space to do that organically, time block it. Like as you get busier, like Barry, like I said with Barry and I, as you get busier, it will be harder and harder to organically create those situations. So then block it into your schedule, make it happen. That's really, really important. And I think, um, I think something else that's that, and probably the final point here is whenever you do have a fight, an argument, a difference of opinions, whatever it may be, go back to the vision, revisit the vision and ask yourself, well, was what we were fighting about impacting the vision that we already had alignment on? Cause if it wasn't, it probably wasn't super important. Gold. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so many good points there in this conversation, guys. I love it. Uh, one thing I just want to wrap up with is this really big kind of underlying point that I think if we look at this this whole conversation, everything that's mentioned, uh, we realize that that business partnerships are so much more complex mm-hmm. than people see, right? And I think that uh, the selection of a business partner, because perhaps there are some people listening to this that, that don't have a partner, but the business is growing to a point where they might, they're maybe asking themselves, like, is it going to necessitate mm-hmm. a second individual here? Um, and, and I think so much of the time people really underestimate how well you got to qualify this decision. And we can see by this conversation that just unfolded here, there's so much more to that decision than, hey, this person just wants to build the same business I do, therefore we're good to go, right? They they wanna, he wants to build a junk real company, I'm doing it too, we wanna do it the same way, perfect, let's be partners. But there's so much more than that, right? We can see in the way that Barry and Scott are talking, there's such a great alignment of their core values. And by the way, I'm talking like the real thing, the actual track record, not just what they say, right? So it takes time to get to know someone. So that's one thing. The second one, like you have to have opposing skill sets, mm-hmm. right? I think we see that here in Barry and Scott, right? Like you have the visionary, you have the integrator, just their natural abilities that they have are 
are very, very different. And that's another key ingredient, right? You don't need, if there are two spots on the team, you don't need two of the same people. Totally. Right. Uh, number three, right? Their vision for the future. They're very aligned on it in business and in life. You got to have that and you've got to dive into it heavy because I've seen time and time again that that in itself break apart otherwise great partnerships. And also this like steadfast dedication for the long haul, mm. right? You can't have nicely complementing skill sets. You could have be a line of core values, but if, if people aren't in it for the long haul together, it's also not going to work. So I would encourage anyone that is looking at, 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 a, at a business partnership, whether to start or augmenting it into their business to really think critically on this multitude of points. It's, it's, it's absolutely not just, Hey, do they want to do the same thing as I do? Let's go for it. It's a very complex game. And even when you do get it right, it takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. All right, guys, it's been a fantastic discussion. Um, I'm sure you have, you have so much more wisdom and experience to share. If people are interested in getting in touch with you and learning more about what you do, where can they find you? I'm 505 junk for everything. I think we're, yeah, we're on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, send us a direct message and our team will put you in touch with us. Awesome. Awesome. Scott, Barry, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. It's been a very fascinating discussion. Uh, and uh, we'll have all the details in the show notes, but I uh, appreciate your time guys and have a wonderful day ahead. Thanks guys. Thanks thank so you for having us. Thanks for having us on. Hey, if you enjoyed this show, hit that subscribe button. It's what allows us to produce more awesome content for you totally for free.